episode 114, Locked Out. Join us at the table where we talk board games to miniatures and everything in between. The games we play with Brian and Chris. And welcome back to The Games We Play, a podcast about board gaming, tabletops, RPGs, miniatures, but always about the games we play. I'm your co-host and co-founder of The Games We Play, Brian, and with me this week, co-host and co-founder, Chris. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. We really do appreciate it. This is episode 114 of The Games We Play. If this is your first time listening, Chris and I are actually recording this remotely, so um, we make do, but you know, just the pandemic and all that fun stuff, It's we, we do what we can, even though we, we actually did get to play games with each other this yes. week, so that'll be fun to talk about. So we have a lot to talk about. We're just going to have some short segments. We'll hit on our love or hate. Uh, we'll do a little follow-up on Shelf of Shame, potentially. We'll talk about what's been on our table. We'll we'll see what goes, um, and we'll just go from there. So, Chris, how are things been going? Things have been going great. Uh, like you said, a little preface of we got to get together to play. Um, we'll talk more about that, but uh, just... Uh, Everything's been uh, wonderful. Uh, great time. Weather's finally warmed down or cooled down some, so it's nice. Actual summer instead of uh, uh, just blaring heat and humidity. So love that temperature change, uh, being able to get outside and play games more often. Uh, it's been great. Yeah, and just being able to go out and do even like normal yard work mowing without yeah. having to feel like you're going to pass out or like get so hot. Cause it's like, yeah, yeah. It's kind of nice, isn't it? Very much. I've been enjoying it. Hopefully it well, stays cool. around for a few weeks. Yeah. It's a good time for state fair. Iowa state fair, I guess. Yes. Yes, it is. Well, all right. Well, let's just jump into this, Chris. I know our time's a little limited right now for recording, but let's jump in. Let's, let's get into talk about what's been on our table. All right, what's been on our table segment where we talk about a game or two that's been on our table. We talk a little high level. We don't get terribly in-depth, just kind of initial thoughts and, and how it went. So, Chris, would you like to go first this week? Um, absolutely. And, you know, I kind of, when I was doing my show notes and I uh, made an, an acronym of what's on our table, you know what that is? It comes out to mm-hmm. be WOOT. <laughs> I was like, what, 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 um, so, uh, yeah. the, the one I really wanted to talk about is that we just played recently and Brian talked about is getting a game a day at Corey's, um, is Lord of the Rings journey in middle earth. And I'm, yeah. I, I got a feeling you were going to talk about that too as well. Oh, but, I shouldn't have let you go first. No, yeah. <laughs> no, I, the first time playing this game, um, Corey, it, Corey has it, and I know you have it because I can see it on the back of your shelf. As oh yeah, game, that is. Yeah, it's right behind me, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't have it. Uh, might be a future purchase. Depends. We'll see. But I loved that game. Uh, just the the presence. Corey, of course, goes above and beyond, and he paints all his figures. Oh, so he's got painted oh, miniatures. He like, did come on, a fabulous job. Uh, he's he's just a great painter. Uh, he paints a lot of stuff for me too, as well. As, um, he has that artistic uh, mindset, but the the, the whole game uh, first experience with it some some new mechanics regarding cards and using some symbols and powers and and things like that. I enjoyed it. Um, uh, no no dice. It's all card driven. Um, yep. I love the the scenarios and just the feeling of that. 
uh, just going through your, you know, your journeys, your missions, your, uh, and, and having the app that's uh, story and directs and plays uh, along with it uh, helps helps a lot in, in in this type of a game. But I truly enjoyed uh, the Lord of the Rings Journey in Middle Earth, and I'll, I'll be quiet a little bit because I know <laughs> you've got a lot of input to as well. So it's two thumbs well, up for me on this game, most definitely. And and you can correct me if I'm wrong. On first glance, it seems like it's a classic dungeon crawler thing right descent or imperial assault or doom or like hero quest the idea is there's a dungeon you got your heroes on these little miniatures and you're you're going room to room and killing bad guys left and right and that's not quite this game right. actually in the classic sense now they did uh, i think some through some feedback i believe they have some kind of adventure mode where it, there's not really the time limit uh, on each scenario so you can go room to room or in this case it's really train to train you're like outside or anyway train to like area to area and fight guys and just kind of go at your own leisurely pace uh but with the actual adventure with the, you go into the scenarios it is kind of timed uh, because yes. every round there's threat so depending on how many bad guys you left on the board how many unexplored areas uh, there's threat tokens. It adds up threat, and there's already a base threat just because how many players and heroes, I guess, and that threat accumulates. And there's a limit, so you only get, I think, what like maybe eight or nine turns, like that first scenario not was, for example. So not a whole lot, and so there's a lot of stuff that comes out because you said it was app driven, and it's all randomized, which is kind of cool. Um, but there's a lot of little tokens that come out that you could go explore. Well, sometimes when you do it, it might help you, give you items. It might not do anything. It might give you the inspiration, which is kind of a, a wild token to be able to do pass tests. Um, or bad things can happen. Yes. And you don't have enough time to do everything. And you don't you have don't. enough time to kill all the bad guys. So uh, this is this is not your normal dungeon crawler. So you can still dungeon crawl with the the venture mode or whatever they call it, but just beware when you start playing it. It's not, and I think that's what kind of tripped us up the first scenario. Yeah. And, and I had played it and I knew that, but um, we, we kind of just ran out of threat. We would have been able to pass it, give us one more turn, I, if I recall, but we failed the first scenario because we we're just, ooh, check this out and check this out and check this out. And Right. Yeah. And that you're <laughs> absolutely correct because I, I'd never played it before. And Corey's brother, also named Brian, uh, B-R-I-A-N, um, not B-R-Y, uh, he, uh, he played, he, the four of us were playing and I didn't mm -hmm. understand the, 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 um, the requirement for uh, immediate action, you've got to do <laughs> yeah. something and go, you can't yep, waste yep, yep. time. Um, and Cause I had the, the thought of, like you said, the classic dungeon crawl where mm -hmm. I'm going to go into this room. I'm going to kill everything in the room, get the treasure and move on to the next room. Yep, well, yep, yeah, yep. The, the, you don't do that in this game. There's a <laughs> no, lot of, there's a lot no, of tactical you know. and strategy into it of decisions. I've got to do this now. I mean, we're on a, a threat meter and there's peril and uh, here's our mission. And if we deviate from that, then, and uh, we're going to lose. We're going to lose the scenario. Yep. And losing the scenario uh, hinders you um, to for the next scenario. So when you accomplish some scenario, you get more experience and more, uh, I'm trying to lore. think, the lore. That's it. Yep. Mm -hmm. And which helps you raise your characters, get uh, new upgrade equipment, items. upgrade yep. items. So if you mess around and, and don't pass the missions, the scenarios, then you don't get to upgrade as much. And that affects you big time because because the, the scenarios get harder and harder and harder yeah. and progress. And if you're not <laughs> progressing, then it's more challenging. It, it has a snowball effect. Yeah. 
and we did find out pretty quickly the first scenario yep. that like ooh let's kill all the guys and then like between rounds uh, when it's the like the bad guys turn yep. more enemies came out then we killed it I was like alright oh. so there's yeah. no way you're gonna be able to clear all the enemies either no, no. they just keep coming and coming and coming and you gotta stay up they here. start throwing elites at you and they get nasty and can one shot you yep, and, yeah so. it's, it's a very interesting game kind of asymmetric because we have all our characters they have special powers they have their weaknesses and strengths and you're right what's really unique about this is the card draw there's no dice you have a deck of cards you shuffle it every round reshuffle your discard and everything and re-round um and then there's abilities where you can scout where you draw and then you can you can equip abilities if you will you can have four at any time and those abilities might be enhancements to what you're doing or you discard them to give you a special thing and the rest of the decks really just used for tests so when you're fighting, when you're exploring, when you're inspecting something, it'll tell you to test on a certain stat, and you'll draw that many cards, and then there's icons for successes, and then you can use these inspiration tokens as well to add to your successes. So I, I think it's pretty uh, pretty streamlined, pretty easy to understand. It's not some complex, okay, well, I have to roll this and right. do a defense to attack check, but oh, I have pierce and strike you just enter it on the app and like oh yeah i have four hits and two and a pierce and you just do it on the app it's like oh okay here it manages the enemy's health it's yeah. really nice Does a good in job. that regards because if, if if this was classic done like 20 years ago it'd be like a one versus four kind of deal right that would be that would be a lot to track that, <laughs> that it, yes. cumbersome. the app takes the bookkeeping away from uh, a dungeon master or a game yep. master that aspect which i really like that aspect of it because then all four of us could play Corey managed the the app and just dro drove mm -hmm. along and did the punching but it, it it was a truly cooperative game which i like i really like cooperative games in that this yep. aspect and pretty open-ended yep. everybody can take their turns anytime there's discussion you can show mm -hmm. cards yeah. Um, yeah, pretty good. It was fun. Uh, definitely, if it had an epic feel, definitely that like Lord of the Rings epic feel. Yeah. The whole game tension was high because like you were saying, we don't have a lot of time. You yeah. can't just kill all the guys, even though it's fun. And Chris yeah. is like one shotting a huge elite guys, and Bilbo over here with like three health is doing absolutely nothing, and then claims victory because he yeah. hit the bat last bad guy for one damage. Yep. You know, I played Gimli, and he has a battle axe, and he has some cards, and I I finally. F uh, uh, figured out the sequence of some of these cards yeah. oh, and dude, oh so my good. gosh it was he was just putting axe to face to orcs and the bad guys and it was awesome it was, and that's what's fun yeah. with each of the characters if you figure out that synergy yep. like yeah Corey bilbo he has like no health but he had some cool synergy where he could just keep hidden and backstab guys and escape guys and run around right and not engage but like just backstab guys yeah while like i was gandalf i, I was the meddler um, while I did have a lot of successes, I could just farm these inspiration tokens and just keep beefing up all my tests. Yeah. And then the other dwarf, you guys had some synergy. It was Ballin', pretty neat. Yep. It's kind of fun, like once you got to once you got it kind of got the hang of your character. Yeah, it would. And it, it took us like two hours for the very first scenario just getting <laughs> through did. things. I mean, that was yeah, our first learning it was. and yeah. Learning curve. Yeah. But yeah, now knowing how to play it, when we go again for the next uh scenario three, I think it is. Um we're on scenario four. Scenario yep. four, yeah. We completed one through three and scenario or four we're, we're gonna have we were getting the ball rolling and figuring things out and yeah it's uh, it's i i truly enjoyed that game it was so much fun having the, the mm -hmm. music play Corey's mm -hmm. always about the the immersion of the painting and we have background mm -hmm. music with lord of the rings music and and that kind of bits it was it was a lot of fun extremely even the extremely app has uh, lord yes. of the rings music in it too so That's you can turn that did. up if you don't want yep. to but yeah it was yeah, yeah. good stuff yeah and, and you it, playing solo is actually pretty good you just 
control two characters and you have the game going against it. So it kind of feels like this hybrid video game board game. So yeah. even solo actually plays pretty well, but um, a little, a little pricey, but you do get a yeah. lot of miniatures, a lot of cards, a lot of cardboard. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of there's terrain, a lot of, token, a lot of stuff to it, a lot of stuff to it. So neat little game, yeah. neat little game. So that was uh, Lord of the Rings Journeys Through Middle Earth. And, I, and then an expansion just came out last year, too. It's called the Path of Shadows or something like that. Yeah. And it adds more, a lot more stuff. A big box. Good they stuff. are fantasy flight games. Well, so, yes. Uh, so expect big box, <laughs> expect uh, high quality, and expect high price. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Premium. Yep, yep premium, for sure. premium. Yeah, that was fun. That yep. was a lot of fun. It was nice seeing everybody. It was. All right, second game uh, that we're going to talk about this week that's been on my table. It Well, not technically my table. It was actually Corey's table. was Legendary Encounters, an alien deck building game. Um, so I think we've talked about this maybe one time. If you're not familiar, there's these series of games by Upper Deck, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's called Legendary. It came out with originally the Marvel game. Wasn't it like Legendary Marvel? Yes. Um. And it's a semi-cooperative game where you fight in the world of Marvel, and there's the cards or the characters, um, and it's a nice little twist on deck building. It's not a pure deck building. There's a there's a, um, a NPC like a bad guy you're fighting. There's waves of enemies coming out, and it's kind of unique in that regard. And you're custom building your deck. There's some really cool synergy with these icons, and it, it's a neat, solid deck building game that uh, i've enjoyed now i'm not a huge marvel fan this is probably one of the few marvel games i do like um but they started adding a bunch of expansions where they add in all different marvel heroes and bad guys and stuff well they they branched out and have these things called legendary encounters where they take these ips uh, i think they've done like firefly uh x files they've done uh aliens they've done predator um they've done big uh They've done Big Trouble in Little China, right? Yes, I think they I have did that counter- one. Yep, I have that one. And so it uses the same mechanics, but um, in each game, there's some uniqueness maybe with some extra stuff and storyline. But with this alien one, and I'm a big fan of aliens, you basically have all these characters that go into the deck that you're going to be acquiring, and you're playing, you can play through each of the aliens movies. So they, they have these objectives and locations that modify it, and it's very thematic. Um I played it once. I played it with Emily. She was not a huge fan of it, but she doesn't like aliens. It's it's a brutally difficult game. Uh, but Corey and I actually managed to pull it off. We were getting really, really lucky with some of the objectives. And um, and uh, then the the queen came out. You know, you, you have to defeat. I think it's called the perfect specimen. And things just hit the fan. Like all of a sudden, we're getting like hit and we're getting swarmed. And it was so epic. And it was a lot of fun. Really, really enjoyed this. I did pick up the Covenant expansion. So it adds uh, Alien Covenant, the movie nice. um, expansion and scenarios in there. Um, I was trying to look to pick up the Predator uh, encounters. Because, you know, aliens versus predators kind of thing. Because you can actually play as the predators and play through the aliens games. So instead of playing as like Ripley and, and the Sarge and all those characters that you normally play, you play as the predators fighting the aliens. Which is, nice. That's one scenario you yep. can do to combine the games. Or you can just simply play as the humans versus the predators. Or you can actually play as the predators versus the humans, which is a nice little twist. But that predators game is out of print. And... Uh, <laughs> It's it's a little expensive to pick up, so I'm I'm on the hunt to try to pick up that game because I really want to play Predators versus Aliens. That sounds really fun. Um, but all in all, great game, a lot of 
cards. I think you get 800 cards, a lot of different scenarios, a lot of different replayability, really big box, and it only fills up a quarter of the box. So they give you plenty of space to add in the expansions. They even give you another 30 or 40 extra card dividers that come in the box. And then it comes with the actual neoprene mat that also stores away in the box. And it, nice little storage for what you get for the price. Um, this is definitely on the mature side um, because there's – there's pictures on the card of like <laughs> aliens, you know, like, yep, eating, you brains. know, just like in the movie, like eating the brains or the, the, the chest, you know, the chest, you know, the, you know, get the face huggers and then the chest explodes. Like there's pictures of that, but, uh, all in all, very, very solid deck building game, very thematic, a lot of fun, very difficult, very tense, but I, I really, really enjoy this. And they added some different mechanics, um, like coordinate where you can help out your friends on their turns. So they added some, some new keywords and, and mechanics and then from legendary, um, which I really appreciate. So it's not just like a re-theme of legendary Marvel. They added some new stuff and then really spot on with the alien theme. So great game. Highly, highly suggested it. Really fun. I look forward to playing through the other aliens games. And then again, I'm going to try to seek out that predator game here at some point and play some, Predator versus Aliens. It sounds awesome. Yes, sounds really I good. agree. And I should have mentioned, there is an advanced mode on this that I would like to play sometime where you can play semi-cooperative where people, just like the Aliens movie, there might be a traitor among you. <laughs> so you can play as a traitor variant and then if you die, you get to play as the Aliens versus the other players. Nice. And there's rules for it. Yeah. So um, I think that's the full advanced mode. I, I'd love to try to play that sometime. That'd be fun four or five player game just the backstab each other. Somebody, I mean, of how course. fun would that be to play as the, the aliens? Be, a lot. A lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> so anyway, that's uh, Legendary Encounters, an alien deck building game. Highly suggest that this is still in print. Uh, check it out. I, I You can get it on sale. I think I picked this on sale from time to time. 20, 30 bucks. Yeah, so, that's good, good stuff. Anyway, uh, for you, Chris, any other games you'd like to chat about? Uh, no, that... Uh, Lord of the Rings was that really touched me. So uh love that. That's nice. Yeah. Well, um I played a bunch of other games, but I'll, I'll you know, I'll leave it maybe for this next week. Um uh played a lot of push and quicks again with Denver. Like he is obsessed with that push game. I know Emily and I talked about this mm -hmm. last week, but I think we've I played it like eight or nine times this last week. He is obsessed with it. And he just he kicks our butt every time. Oh, man, that kid is brutal and cutthroat in that game. So apparently pushes luck. We found uh, what he's a savant at, I guess. And I know a lot of it comes to luck, but he, yeah. I mean, when it comes down to if you win that many games on a luck type game, it's like oh, maybe there's something to it. And it's not like he's shuffling or cheating like it's there's no way to cheat in that. And I'm shuffling the cards really well. So there's really no way you could be cheating. It is. It's it's actually kind of funny, but uh that's awesome. Anyway, if, if you didn't hear about that, check out that last week we talked about yeah. Push. It's a fun little family Push Your Luck card game. Really cheap. I think we got for like eight bucks. So highly suggest it. We, we well got our money's worth out of this one. <laughs> All right, Chris. Uh, let's uh, let's wrap up here on this segment. Let's go into our, our uh, shelf of shame real quick. Yeah. Follow up on that. And then we'll move on from there. All right, Shelf of Shame, if you're not familiar with this segment, this is a segment where Chris and I talk about a game that we want to get off our Shelf of Shame. Typically, that means it's a, a, a game we haven't played that's usually high regarded or people have talked about, but we just haven't got around to playing it. That's why it's on our Shelf of Shame. Um, last time, um, I forget, 
Uh, mine was the feast feast for Odin. What was your shelf of shame from last time? Last week was the crew. Oh yeah, did yeah. you get the crew to the table? Um, no, um, I did not get the crew to the table. I actually got Monolith Arena to the table. Nice, so that was which the one was very first times. one. Okay. Yeah, so I'm I'm behind a little. I got to get caught up. We should have played the crew because yeah. Corey had it out. We should have played that maybe instead of the last that. one. I don't know. Anyway, That's no, all right. It's all good. There. So how was Monolith Arena? Monolith Arena. So Scott came over and we did a night um, last week uh, with playing it, set it up. Uh, I sent him the video of how to play. Love those videos that series oh, yeah. uh well worth uh spending 20 minutes watching it um so especially we, for a board yes, game night yes and that's what we did okay. i love prefacing and doing that with people especially first time playing this was both of our first time playing it so uh it's it, it it's a good game i really like it very tactical and strategy mm-hmm. in it um mm-hmm. it is a hexagon uh map board basically two player where you have your army versus another army it's it's a reimplementation of uh Nurushima hex um, by oh, yeah. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yep, by Portal Games, uh, Nurushima Hex is more post-apocalyptic uh, theme, where this is your high fantasy uh, type theme. So either one, I love both themes uh, with this. Mm-hmm. But they cleaned up a little mechanics from uh, Nurushima and did a little diff- a few different things. But uh, both Scott and I, at the end of the night, said uh, thumbs up. Would love this game. Uh, would love to play it more. We started feeling some um, uh, uh, some strategies with it what to do and things like this so we played two games uh scott won the first one handily um and then uh i won the second uh game handily uh or uh by a a very good margin very good margin uh, of points and basically what it is is uh, you have hit points and basically you uh uh, try to uh, you damage the other person's the monolith to drop them down and things like this um so and you have units and they counteract and he played the uh elf type uh, uh fairy uh woodland type and i played of course the dwarf golem type um team nice. yeah it was good and i really liked it um i didn't quite get some of my synergies together and figure it out the very first play and scott nailed his and just wiped me out the very first game but then i started <laughs> figuring out okay if i get this and i place this here and i get these angles here and uh, had some really cool um synergies once you get some of your units on the board and and things like that and it it, it worked out very well um Nice. The second game, but I uh, we loved it. We both loved it. Would uh, d- walked away wanting to to play it again and and try some new things. Nice, yeah. very good. And, th- and there's a lot of replayability with it. You think? Like, yeah, there is. Times, and yep. like it's not going to get old playing the same. No, because uh, I honestly I think uh, for me uh, I wanted to play it a couple more times just because to get my get my team down, uh, figure that things out, figure the uh, how the these units interact and what's what's good defense, what's good offense, and and sure. you get um, these other uh, the uh, little they're all tokens you put down and things like that, and some of them are. Um, uh, have special abilities that enhance other units. So I'm trying to figure out the combinations and where to put this and here to put this down and stuff like that. So uh, it's, okay. it's, I think. So definitely yeah, a learning curve. There, there is, there is a learning curve in it. It's one of those that I think Scott said it very well. It's easy to pick up the play of it, but it's one of those games that's hard to master because mm. of all the, the, the tactics that go into it and strategies and combinations of, of doing this. And because you draw, you you mix their tiles up and you draw them. So you don't know mm-hmm. always how, what yep. tiles you're getting and, and which which one you discard, which one you play, things like that. Um, so it's, it. it's, it's, it's challenging. It's challenging. Got it. Yeah, cool. It is pretty cool. Very cool. 
Well, I think follow-up from my last Shelf of Shame that I played was Feast for Odin. I did get this out. This game is a beast. Yes, it I is. I mean, I knew it was a beast. It's a big box. It's super heavy. I got it open. I started punching stuff out, and I started realizing, holy cow, <laughs> this game is going to be a little crunchy. Um, so I think it took me maybe in half an hour to 45 minutes just to get everything punched out and organized. Um, there's there's a lot of these tokens for goods, uh, such as like lamb and beet, or like, I mean, just oil. And there's, I, mean, I think there's like 30 something different types. So I couldn't even tell you what they all are of different shapes and sizes. And there's 400 of those tokens just alone. So I had to punch all those out and organize them. And it did come with two little storage containers, which was nice. And told you, I really do appreciate it. If they're going to have like custom storage, the first book or the first page in the book is like, hey, before you play, here's how you should set it up and organize. I love that. I love that. I hate games where like it looks like they have obviously thought about they're like here's these baggies and some of these containers so they obviously thought out how you should store it and then don't tell you how to store it and you have to google it or just try to figure it out i don't know if that stresses me out maybe it's my i don't know oc i yeah obviously there's a plan just tell me how you're supposed to do it there, there's a right way to set it up if you obviously gave me special storage for it anyway yeah don't make me spend a lot of time trying to figure it out when you've already done it yep Exactly. Yep. You obviously gave me this amount of storage little things in the box for a reason, right? You didn't just say, and eh, just throw it all in, whatever. Uh, that stuff costs money. You wouldn't include it. Anyway, it's neither here nor there. So that was nice. Uh, so it just took me a really long time to punch and sort everything out. And I started reading the book and it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be an adventure. I'm looking forward to it. It looks, it looks fun. It kind of uh, combines tiling because you're tiling, you're laying stuff on your, your board as well as there's a lot worker placement. The worker placement is overwhelming to say the least. There's this huge board with, I think 20 something different options. It's, it's a lot. So, uh, still working on learning this thing. It's, it's on, it's on my table right now, our board game table. I have it I have it semi-set up as I'm going through it and trying to figure this one out. Uh, so I haven't got quite to it. Um, I've spent a couple hours so far setting it up and punching it out and sorting it and reading it. So still have a little ways to go, but the plan is to play the Feast for Odin this, this week here. So we'll follow up on the next one with us, Chris, and we'll talk about Feast for Odin, I guess. Um We'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. I think once you get it, it's not going to be that hard. Um, there's just going to be a lot of strategy and things to do, but it does look interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, that's Feast for Odin. So we'll see how that goes. I'll, I'll report back. So, well, since we both have to play Feast for Odin and crew, let's just leave it at that. Next time we'll follow up on those, and then we'll throw out a new uh, shelf of shame, if you will. Sounds good. So let's uh, let's move on to love and hate here, Chris. All right, love and hate segment where we talk about something we love and something we hate. Chris, you want to start her off? Absolutely. Uh, starting off with some love. Uh, I am a Lord of the Rings fanboy. Um, I just love that theme. I love that. It's just because there's internet. dwarves yeah, in there. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. No, but I'm I just remember I, my first experience. So uh, my uh, my older brother, Dr. Rob, uh, is three years older than me, and he's the one who really got me into games and role playing and stuff mm-hmm. like this. Well, he was uh, he was 11 when um, he started getting into role playing, so I was eight. 
So he okay. he would he was a re- he's a reader. I mean, he's a guy you can pick up a book mm-hmm. and read it, and like uh, next day he's done with it. Um, well, he's a doctor. He is a doctor. So, I mean, <laughs> that's kinda, good. That, he's yeah, kind of smart <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, but so he, of course, he started getting into these fantasy books and this when we started playing Dungeons and Dragons. So he introduced me mm-hmm. to Lord of the Rings, and I read The Hobbit uh, when I was in uh, third grade, and just remember reading that. Of course, it took me a lot longer than than him, but I sure. I fell in love with with that theme and just since like third grade on uh have always loved anything lord of the rings and really playing uh uh, lord of the rings journeys in middle earth or journeys through middle earth um this last week it really just brought that out to limelight that i just i Mm -hmm. love that i mean i love the movies i love any any games really that uh, i have several different lord of the rings themed games and to me it's just they're so fun i love that theme uh yes i love the dwarves but i mean i love that high fantasy dwarves elves humans battling those orcs and and uh, dragons and stuff like that so uh just just i'm a big lord of the rings fanboy well, it does help that there's a lot of lore around it, yes. too. So there's a lot of good world building. Yeah. And, and, and and so, yeah, you could just play a fantasy game that's probably like it. Uh, but then when you add in the kind of the lore and you know like how epic this is yeah. i don't know it just kind of adds to the oh it, it does I, at least I to me it does. i mean as i grew up like i said when i played the game the other night i was gimli as a dwarf i was battling i had my battle axe and i was fighting the orcs and and i could see that and recreating kind of some of the battles that i've read and then seen in the movies and things like that mm-hmm. so yep absolutely exactly. just immersing all of that together um i i enjoy it so i enjoy lord of the rings because of that aspect it's good love yeah. very good love all right, my love was just getting together, play some games. Yeah, it had been a while. You know, I had played games with Corey, and which it was fun to get some of those games in, but just even to get four four guys together, you know, that we hadn't, the four of us hadn't played games in oh, I know. a while. Yeah. Um, and so it was just really nice to get together and be able to play um, a game like this um, for an extended amount of time and have some dinner and just talk and laugh and joke yeah. and yeah. just good times. Yes. A lot of, Miss a lot of those. fun. Miss those days. Yeah. So that was my love. Good Good love. one. Very good one. Well, I, I mean, I just compliment myself. Yeah. You get what I'm yep. saying. Anyway, Chris, uh, what's your hate? My hate. Uh, just going over some things and um, just reading some of these new rule books and stuff is what I hate is poorly written rule books. Uh, rule books that you... Which one is in this case? Well, just out of curiosity. Um, I, I wrote down a, a few of them. Just made me think. So like when we were doing Lord of the Rings and, and Monolith Arena, I was they, they're good ones, but it brought me back to things like Crossmaster, uh, that little uh, uh, chibi. That's a, a, a French yep, game. Yep. And the translation back to rule books is horrible. Uh, just thinking Mice and Mystics, uh, that rule book has... Oh, really? Yeah, if you notice, they talk about large animals and, and, and stuff in like four different spots all over the rule book and um, never went together. So you have to hunt and search and Interesting. this. Um I'm a big fan of, of Flying Frog uh, games, just their production. Um, they use a lot of live action actors for their cards and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they have a game called Fortune and Glory. Just think Indiana Jones. Uh, it's it's I love the theme of the game and mm-hmm. stuff, but the rule book is just, 
uh, it's it's bad. Um, Thunderstone. I don't know if you remember the original Thunderstone book. Just kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I never read it's, that one. Rules were just weren't clearly, and you'd have to search them back and hunt and it. hunt for yeah. things. And if you have to hunt for things in a rule book or a rule book's extensively, like forty pages, when it could be really condensed and laid out better. Um, I, yeah, that's tough. that's just a peeve of mine. It's uh, it's I, I think they should take a little more consideration of reading or setting up the rule books and having them things spelled out. Or or what I'd like if they have to tell stories and stuff, having a page which is condensed rules, so you have that one page out, so the the iconography and and symbols and no, things like yeah. that are all mm-hmm. together, so you don't have yep. to hunt. That's the one thing like Crossmasters, you have to hunt into this and and it it the English translation um from french is isn't good and and it's ah that's a that's a frustration uh, of mine is is uh, hate poorly written rule books yeah i get that i'm all with you it really kind of takes it out you sometimes you get excited yeah. for a game and you pull the rule book out and you're like and oh yep. boy <laughs> or what even takes it out more is like okay i think i understand it let's start playing it and then it's like flipping through the playbook flipping yep. through the rule book flipping through the rule book it just kind of takes maybe some of the fun out of it and drags a game on longer than it probably yep. should. And, and I can understand yeah, the very it. first time you play a game, but... Especially it, if yeah. it's a, a heavier yep. game. I get like, that. And sometimes that's going to happen. When we did uh, Journeys, um, Corey had to go back and read some scenarios and things like that to figure things out. Understand that. But if you have to do that every single time you play the game, that's bad. Yeah. That's bad. Yep. That's bad written. Yep. Poorly written. Nope. I'm with yep. you. <laughs> All right, my hate is uh, getting locked out of the house. Uh, this is <laughs> true <laughs> event. I were on, just occurred. <laughs> Chris and I were on a schedule here, and uh, you know it was five minutes till I was outside uh, doing some yard work, spraying off some weeds uh, that were propping up, and uh, I come around to get, you know put the stuff away in the garage, and garage door's closed, and Emily had just left. And she'd close the garage door as she was leaving, probably just habit, you know, just, oh, yeah. you know, you close yeah. the garage door after you back out. Um, unfortunately, I did not have my keys and there was no <laughs> way to get in the house. And so I was locked out. And so I had to call her and she was going out, you know, to uh, my parents' house to swim, which is, is a little ways out there. And so I had to call her and she had to turn around. And anyway, all that to say, I was late to us uh, recording this. And <laughs> I don't know, at the time I was kind of annoyed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my hate getting locked out of the house which uh, that also kind of remind me i need to get you know, we have we even have one of those remote garage door openers like you know the pad with the number on the outside of the garage door but uh i never got it set up uh <laughs> properly like it has some kind of code in there but it, i can't seem to get it to work uh i need to get that thing reset up or fixed or something i think the battery's dead on it or something so i need to yeah. that just is a good reminder i need to get the battery in there get a new pin set up reset it and make sure getting it work because um if i had that done that it this was problem averted but yeah what are you gonna do i guess <laughs> so anyway that's my that's my hate. Yep, i'm there with you that's never yeah. fun getting locked out no no it is not. All right. Well, that's our love and hate for this episode. Uh, let, we're going to go ahead and move on here to our outro and uh, finish this thing up. All right, Chris. It was uh, nice chatting about some games and definitely was really nice uh, getting together to play some games. That was a, that journey through Middle Earth was a lot of fun. Yeah. I had dreams about Lord of the Rings, though, like that night. 
It always happens when you, when you spend the whole day playing yeah. games. You know, I think we played for four or five hours. Uh, it just, I don't know. I always have dreams about playing the board games. Then after that, I don't, I don't know if I'm the only good one. Dreams. Good dreams. Good dreams. Absolutely. Yeah. No, not yeah. bad or anything. Just, uh, just, you know, it, it you made it, it made an impression. Yeah. So again, any big plans, uh, upcoming board gaming or not? Um, actually, uh, this week we got to get going on. I'm helping, uh, Isaac, or excuse me, John put together a fantasy football draft. So kind of getting into some fantasy mm. football theme that's going to be taken away. But no, I've, uh, I'm pulling some games off the shelf uh, and wanting to see about the kids this week about getting some some of these games going. So I'll have some some more games to report on what's been on our table. But I'm making a, a, an effort to pull them off, set them on a table, and have them in plain view. So when I come into the game library, they're sitting there. I'm like, yes. Oh, I need to play this. I need to play this. So, mm-hmm, I like mm-hmm. we've talked about making a you know a, a a committed effort to do it. Um, so I'm I'm using that strategy to get some games on on the table instead of uh, waiting for a while. Uh, I'm gonna be proactive. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, what I need to be proactive is about is we. I need to set up and get you guys uh, tied down for a date to play. Yeah. We were talking about that. BG really was excited and wanted to play that, and I, I, I definitely get that. Um, I want to get that table too because before we know it, we're going to get Frost Haven, and then we need to get that to the table, and it's going to be a whole thing behind so, the curve, exactly. So we definitely need to get that to the table. So I'll get some things set up for that. Um, eventually, you need to get TI. Yes. Yep. So yep. Yep. And I did. Uh, I did get TI four and the expansion now. Um, Jamie Ooh. graciously said yes. Honey, get it. So I'm like yes. So I've got that. So we do. I, I'm. I'm on it. I, I got to look for uh, Saturday night. Uh, it's becoming <laughs> falls. Yep. Just, yeah, fall, falls a little tough because uh, ev- about every other Saturday, yeah. I'm I'm going to a football game, and so I'm gone. And yeah, it is what yep. it is. But what are you gonna do? Good stuff. Okay, Chris, anything else before we take off for this episode? Oh, we've talked about a lot. Got a lot of good uh, game playing. Got a, had a game night. Love game nights. Love game oh, nights. Man. I was talking to Corey Absolutely. yesterday about it and just thanked him for hosting us and having it together and how I miss mm-hmm. how I miss doing these game nights. And uh, we mm-hmm. just, yep, just got to make a really good effort to, to get them together and get everybody's schedule and, and put, them on the, put them on the calendar. And yeah, Absolutely. so much fun. Absolutely great times okay well thanks again for joining us we appreciate you listening next week we'll be back with episode 115 but until then enjoy your week and from the games we play i am brian and i'm chris and keep on gaming join the conversation and feel free to give us your feedback you can find us on instagram facebook and twitter at games we play pod and at games we play pod at gmail.com